Well, um, I would like first to uh, thank Liz Carmichael for, for having me here, for inviting me. Um, I would like also to thank the people of Oxpeace. Andrew, thank you. Um, those who in Keller College have allowed us to, to be reunited or united here uh, tonight. And um, well, I think it's, it's a very nice opportunity to share with you thoughts, uh, scattered thoughts probably, uh, about what um, remains from those years in captivity that of course uh, could be all sad, but they're not. They're all so positive that you can make from, from difficult situations in your life. So uh, when I was planning to come, I was reflecting on what peace means. And I was confronted to something that probably you have already solved in, 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 in your mind, and it's probably going to be something that you will discuss tomorrow, which is that peace is a concept that is difficult to grasp, because in a way, you can talk about peace more in a apophatic way than in a positive way. So you would say, for example, that peace is not violence, or peace is um, not security, or not danger, or not threats. And then there's a second thought with, with peace that is there, inherent with peace, which is the concept of time. Because peace is something that we long as something that should be eternal. And then when we think of peace, the only peace that we know as humans is the little moments of peace that, that we share in our lives, but also that, that we see in history, in the history of, of humanity. We wish, of course, and it's our longing, to be able to, to get back, if we could say so, to, to the Garden of Eden. That that's the, the, the peace that we long is somewhere there in our uh, unconscious. But to build that peace, that eternal peace, that, that peace that, that would not be something fragile, that would not be something that we could only express in, in lack of something. Uh, I think that is uh, the challenge we have. The challenge we have today and the challenge we have always had as, as human beings. And I say this because uh, I truly believe that when we talk about peace, we're talking about human beings. But we're talking about what we are really as human beings or in a way what it means to be human in the sense that Peace is, and I'll try to, to develop this idea, peace is the peak of being human. It's, it's the ultimate perfection of, of, of being human. And in a way, it's not something that I'm inventing or something that I'm creating, because if you see what the proposals of different religions are, uh, it comes always to this kind of destiny that brings us to to this uh, end of time, which will be the, 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 the time of eternal peace. And if we see other things that are not religion, other kind of ideologies or, or ways, of, uh, ways of thinking about who we are, uh, we have that concept of walking to a path to, to history that will lead us to, to, to that kind of, of situation where we will be able to live 
uh, in harmony between, between humans. So what is that peace? What, what, is, what, what is that what makes peace uh, possible? I would perhaps think that one of the conditions, the essential conditions for, for building peace uh, is a notion that uh, is a spiritual notion and that uh, we all have in our hearts, we, we, we use it all the time, but that we have to, to uh, think of it like, like an asset. And, and that uh, condition or that thought is hope. Hope is essential for human beings. Mm. I mean, I say this because um, in, in the years of, of captivity, um, of course I was confronted to everything that was not hope. Uh, I was abducted by people that were telling me lies all the time. We didn't know what, when we would be free. Um, and the best way to dominate who we were and to subjugate our will was to uh, convince us that there was no hope. One of the things that I remember uh, one of my guards would, would tell me when he wants, wanted to be very you know, mean to me was, you know, Ingrid, I mean, you should be uh, getting ready because uh, you're going to stay with us a long time and probably when you will be freed, you will be a grandmother. Well, I'm not a grandmother yet. <laughs> but w what I want to say is that it takes, uh, it takes reflection, it takes uh, will to oppose those who um, want to take away from us the concept of peace. And, and the, the first uh, way of diminishing our thirst for peace is taking away our hope. And if you think about hope, then you have to think about what really means uh, to hope for something. Because hope, hope is uh, what allows us to walk to the future. It's, it's that little fuel that makes us be ready to, to, to welcome what will happen the next day. And we, we need to have some tools. We need to have some tools to, to be able to, to walk in hope. And I think that one of the most important tools we need is to have like a matrix of, of little things that, that help when, when the path gets rough. And one of those little things is to always think that, of course, freedom is, is so, so important for us. I mean, it's what makes us who, who we are. We are defined by, by our choices. And peace is a choice. And hope is a choice. But then to achieve both, which are probably one and the other the same, uh, we need to, to, to be clear that always in our life, always, our choices will be between our interests and our principles. That's what makes life tough.
because then is when we have a problem. That's when we, we need to, to, you know, to, to, to be in front of ourselves and, and decide who we want to be. Uh, I was discussing the other day with one of my friends about uh, stubborn, being stubborn or being determined. Because of course, you see, uh, if we talk about peace and, and the concepts that are related to peace, we could also talk about the concepts that are related to war. And people like war. <laughs> and they like war because war conveys things that are lovely. For example, courage. Or heroism, being a hero. Or, or being um, able to defend what you love. Those concepts are, are important. But then wh when do, w w w where is the, the, the border? Where is the, the, the definition? When are we acting uh, through a, a good position? Where are the, the, when do we take the good decision? When is it when we are being determined? And when is it when we're just being stubborn? And being stubborn, uh, of course, conveys violence and conveys contradiction and conveys uh, positions that are affecting the principles we live by. Well, thinking about those two issues, um, we came with, to the conclusion that perhaps uh, being stubborn is when you are fighting for what you want, for yourself, and only for yourself. But when you decide to fight for the others, then you are determined. And, and I think that is something that is useful if we want to, to build peace. Because we need to have in perspective uh, instruments, tools to make our choices. And our choices, because they will always be between principles or interests, have to also be guided by the fact or the knowledge that inside or in the inner of ourselves, we have this little like alert that can, you know, start when, when, when we have to, to, to assess the decisions we're making and perhaps knowing to differentiate or, or, or learning to differentiate between what is our just, you know, our ego, our, our selfishness, uh, what makes us you know, wanting to have something for ourselves, perhaps that's the moment where we need to let go. And this is the second item I, I wanted to bring to you. I think that peace is about letting go, is about restrain in ourselves. And it's a double, you see, it's a double movement. It's first a movement where we have to control our emotions in, in the good sense, uh, control what, what our fears, control things that will make us um, perhaps aggressive to others. And this inner restraint is what will give us the capacity to let go. And letting go is so important in life. I mean, we need to let go. And we need to let go in a perspective of respecting the others, 
I think also that if we link peace to hope and to what human being is, we need also to understand that the core of the problem, the core of the problem is understanding who we have in, in front of us. Uh, one of the ways to assess, I think, if a community, if a society, if a group of people is ready for peace, is to see, for example, how they treat women. I, I know it's strange to talk about this because we're here in a society where, I mean, that's not the problem. But we are... <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we can discuss it then. <laughs> but I think that's something important. Some, some years ago, many years ago, uh, when talking about women was not politically correct, the issue would be talking about kids. I mean, uh, there the was the necessity in society to, to talk about what we were doing with children, because children were used for, for labor uh, and, and were treated as a commodity. And it took a while for the societies to just get over this path of behavior and, and, and to be able to consider that precisely children had to be protected more than anything. Today, there are other issues that are calling us. Uh, I think that we have to think about peace in that uh, uh, faculty that we have to develop in order to be reluctant to any kind of discrimination. I think that for peace we need to be, to have a sense of, of criticism to the information we're getting. Uh, sometimes we read things and we just don't get what it's, what, the, what, what is written or what we are reading conveys. But we need to be aware that we are under propaganda, we are under uh, uh, biased information, that people can feed us with racism or sexism or even militarism, which, as I was saying, is something popular. Because being tough, it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, I mean, the whole Hollywood thing is about that. So, so we need to have, as, as, as people that are working on, on peace, three levels on, of consciousness the level of how do I build myself to be a peace promoter? What, are the, what do I have to transform in myself to be able to convey peace? First, in my inner circle, my family, my, my, my social relationships, and then my country. But, but it's important to begin thinking that Peace is not something that belongs to the UN. Peace is something that starts in the core of our decisions. And every day is a, a, a possibility to test ourselves. For example, today I was, and I'm sure many of you did, uh, listen the news about Abu uh, Kataba. Okay. Uh, 
And of course we have this kind of reaction because it's not a person that conveys sympathy. But in all the discussions that I have heard on that case or on this case, I have to say that today I found a profound admiration to the way the British have, have addressed the problem. Because you see, I think that the most fundamental thing, once you have thought about yourself, then, then you think about the others. Well, the others, no matter who they are, as human beings, they have all the rights. And that's an absolute. We cannot begin categorizing. We cannot say, well, I like human rights for everybody, but not for this terrorist because this is a horrible guy. He has killed children, or this raper, or this. What will make us different as a society is when we will treat a criminal with the same respect in, in judicial terms as we would treat, for example, Tony Blair. And I say this because I think that it's very important to think about our feelings. Because our feelings convey emotions, emotions convey ideas, and ideas convey actions. And we have to be in control of our emotions because we want to build a world where we are respected. And if we want to be respected, we have to be adamant in demanding the respect for every human being in this planet. There's another, there's another reflection that for me is very important. If we really want to, to, be, to bring peace, if peace is something that for us is the core of our struggle, if it's really something that, that touches us, in, in, in the most intimate uh, fiber of ourselves. Then all the relationship we have with our environment is under scrutiny, including the environment itself. We cannot be a peace fighter with the banner of peace if we are not green, if we are not pro-environment. We cannot do it. it just it's not compatible. Why? Because it happens that the way we treat the environment tells who we are. And it works the other way around. If we want to change something about ourselves, we need to change the way we react to the environment. Just a little image. Yesterday, I was looking to the news. It was CNN. And they had this, it was Amanpour program. And she had this uh, interview about the um, ivory uh, smuggling. Of course, you see ivory little things everywhere, and you find they are so cute, right? And then you don't buy them because what are you going to do with that? But then, 
the whole perspective changes when you see the slaughter of elephants and you see the images. Then, then you are in front of, of your emotions and you're in front of the world we want to build. I mean, these guys that are doing that are criminals, are the same that are uh, using uh, uh, girls for prostitution or that are uh, uh, trafficking drugs. It's the same thing. And we, and we have to take decisions in our, in our life because we, we need to be coherent. We need to be coherent because if we're not, we're not, we're not changing the world. And if we're here, it's because we want to change the world. If we're here, it's because peace has to be the most important thing, right? And if it's not, it's not because of the others, it's because of us. It's because it's our responsibility and it's also our fault. And I think perhaps these days of reflection uh, have to open our hearts, I think, to, to inquire deep in us what we have to change in order to, to allow the people around us to tune to peace. Sometimes it's just because we're not attentive to the others. Sometimes it's because we are not adamant in being fair in little things. Sometimes it's because we are humiliating with others even if we just think that it's not an issue, especially with the people we love the most. The people that are the closer to us are always our first victims. Mm. And perhaps that's where we need to begin working with this idea of peace. So let's take it very seriously. Really, I think that the world we're living in uh, needs our commitment. And, and we need to be thinking that we can make the difference. I'm sure we can make the difference. Thank you.